How we doing, folks? My guest today is going to be Andy Carroll. Andy is the chief business officer for Real Salt Lake. He has worked with the MLS club for eight years. He is also currently on the board of trustees for Salt Lake Regional Hospital and is on the board of governors for the Salt Lake Chamber. Before his time with the MLS club, he worked for Pepsi, Cadbury Schweppes, was the CEO of Icon Sports Group, and was the board chairman for the Wish of a Lifetime Foundation. For all of Andy's success, he's also one hell of a father. I hope you enjoy his journey of failures and successes so far. Father, how are we doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Thank you very much for uh, taking the time out of your busy weekend to uh, come on and do a little podcast with me. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I didn't know if I was ever going to make make the uh, make the cut. Oh, barely, barely. But I know. You know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what uh, you you you've been pretty busy so far with everything uh, going on. I mean, MLS just just uh, came back, right? July eighth, uh, MLS is back tournament. We are back. Yes, men are back on July July eighth, um, and uh, in Orlando. Uh, pretty excited to have that back. And then um, the women are back um, June twenty sixth, and we're excited about that. We're going to be hosting that tournament here, so we're very fortunate in Utah to have, um, you know, kind of a healthcare system and um, an attitude from from the government that that you know we need to get back to. Um, things to some level of normalcy and the fact that we feel confident that we can do it, you know, and, and maintain the uh, health and well-being and safety of the players and, um, you know, but start to get back to the entertainment, which I think the, uh, the country sorely needs at this point. Yeah, no, I'm definitely, uh, definitely dying to get, get back to watching some, some live sports again. It's been nice to get some of the European soccer and stuff like that back, but, uh, you know, it was nice to kind of get a chance to watch the watch the draw. I mean, Real's a little bit of a it's it's kind of like a fun, it's a tough group, but it's like a fun group, right? Because you get some of those rivals in there, a little Sporting Kansas City, a little Colorado, so it should make it a little bit little bit chippy, I would think. Yeah, I thought the, I thought the group was I thought all the groups are hard. Uh, actually, right. you know, I mean, you look at it and you see the other group that uh, L.A., L.A.F.C., Portland, and I can't is it San Jose that's in that or and then uh, so Minnesota. No, Minnesota's in ours. Minnesota's, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. In ours. But, uh, you know, so there, there's two tough groups. I think Seattle's is probably the one that would probably be the least um, um, challenging. But, um, you know, listen, if you can't get, out of the, uh, can't get out of the group play, then, you know, it can't have any excuses. So Right. Absolutely. That's uh, something I've definitely lived by. No excuses, right? <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, it's uh, – there's all kinds of uh, factors for why things don't happen, but uh, yeah, you really can't have any excuses. Yeah. So one of those things, it's, it's interesting, all the conversations, obviously we've had a billion and a million, um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, I don't think we've ever had uh, some of the conversation that we're going we're gonna to have today, which I'm actually uh, really excited about. And one of those things that um, I don't think I've ever asked you would be, mm-hmm. what, what drives you? Where, where does that drive come from? Um, I, you know, I think I have thought about that. So, um, (laughs) yeah, uh, you know, again, there's a lot in life that we, we like to think that we're in control of a lot. We're really not. Um, and it's really what, you know, I was very fortunate that that I I have an older brother who's a year older than me. Uh, we're Irish twins, right. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, my brother, Mike, I think from a very early, um, you know, I came out of the womb thinking I could beat him. Right. Um, 
and uh, and uh, so that really, you know, when I look at things and the attitude that people have, and you know, I'm a big attitude guy because I believe that's all you control. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at the end of the day, that's all you got, um, and 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 everything comes from that. Right. So, um, but I think with uh, you know, for me, I was lucky that you know. That, and I think that there's a lot of people that, you know, I think it's hard on the older sibling who's got to lead the way. Um, and then, I, you know, you, you know that from, from your, own, your own brother. You don't have to – there's the whole psychology of that is amazing. But to answer your question, I was very fortunate. I was very competitive with my brother. Um, you know, conditioning creates behavior. And I got conditioned to be competitive. And um, so I, I, I really attribute most of my – you know, uh, my attitude towards life, um, as coming from, you know, really having to do with that. Right. Yeah. So, so speak, speak a little bit more to that, that attitude towards life. Well, you know, um, you know, I have a sense of urgency for most things, as you know, Mm -hmm. um, and that comes through, you know, I think, you know, it's like, you got to have an attitude for success and you got to have an attitude for what your success is. So whatever your idea of success is, is whatever and that should be a very personal uh shouldn't be what someone defines as your attitude is for successes what do you want out of life you know and i think everything kind of comes from that to a certain extent and then you have to be super adaptable i i really believe that uh um that you have to adapt you have to adapt yourself you're going to evolve from what you think when you're 22 to what you think when you're 30 to what you think when you're 40 and what becomes important and so I think the fundamentals of what success is and having that attitude uh, and the work ethic and, um, and all the, you know, things that, you know, the, the discipline and, you know, really comes down to, you know, if you have these fundamentals, competitiveness and confidence, and um, then I think what happens is, is you adapt what's important to your life, which I did, um, you know, throughout my life, it's like, okay, this is really what's important. And, you know, for the most part, for me, family was important, but I can be honest with you, when I was 22, that wasn't like, you become like, oh my gosh, you know, this is, you know, so you kind of learn, you, you, you got to be fortunate, you know, I kind of have thought about it. I think that, uh, I think life is a lot like a, like, like a baseball game. Um, it's long and boring, uh, with moments of excitement. And um, if you hit, 333, you probably get in the Hall of Fame. You probably have a good life. You know that means you missed a lot. But um, uh, so I think, yeah, I think it's 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 a lot like that. But yeah, you know, I mean, it's just again the fundamentals. It's the things that you learn, and then if you're paying attention, which is one of my my bigger skills, was 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 to kind of pay attention, um, do what I was told, and uh, and work hard. Then and you and and then you're you're constantly just adapting and evolving to to you and and into what's important to you and what you want out of life. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, cause that adaptability has led uh, quite the amazing path from uh, Long Island to, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so starting out at Pepsi and then a, a ski trip to Utah. Changed my life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, and I think it's very interesting cause I remember making the decision to move six months later, not making the decision, but going back and, talking to Debbie about, you know, Hey, this is what we should do. And we're young and didn't have a lot of money. And I was a, had a great career going and, um, just decided to do it, you know, um, because I thought that if I didn't do it, 
that um, I wouldn't, um, that, I, that I would never do it, that I would do it, um, you know, I would either make too much money in New York or do, do whatever, it would never, that opportunity was like carpe diem, seize the moment, or life will get in the way. And I think, um, you know, I certainly believe that in, in my own life and, and certainly think that, you know, if you look at the pandemic now and, and what we're going through now, again, there's a lot of people put a lot on hold. And if you put things on hold, you do not know what life has in store for you. And um, so I think, you know, that, so I just, yeah, I was, I was, I guess I was ready for the opportunity. Uh, it was bold and dumb. Um, I still <laughs> hold to, to that bold and dumb. Um, but, uh, you know, and I was, I had enough confidence um, or naivety either, you know, or, or, or combination of both to, um, to think that, you know, just like, you know, it'll be great. So we're going to go do this. And I had a lot of people telling me um, just how bad an idea that was. Um, and they, they, you know, they probably weren't wrong. It probably was a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if you go in with the right attitude again and, you know, um, you can always, you know, the thing was, is my, my view of it was if I, if we didn't do it, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, I go back to New York with my tail between my legs a year later saying, nah, it didn't, it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd rather, you know, have taken the opportunity. And of course, you know, it's kind of mostly worked out. So it's been good. I mean, yeah. um, so yeah. So, so I think, was, yeah, be bold. That was back in what, 93, 94? You, you were pretty young. At, I mean, I, I was very young. So you were pretty young. <laughs> yeah, younger than you uh, now. Um, so yeah, so I was 20. Let me see. So that was October. That was March 94 when I went on the trip. So that made me um, 27, right? Yeah, 27. Um, yeah, no, 26. Because okay. I was March of 94. So the ski trip was, I was 26. And then when we moved, I was 27. So yeah, very young. Um, two young kids, great career uh, plan. And uh, one ski trip and said, you know, grew up on the beaches of Long Island and said, wow. You know, got to Utah, you know, and uh, very much like the Mormons did a century earlier. Like, this is the place. This is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and said, you know what, I'm going to do it. So, yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, definitely worked out. But it is one of those things, you know, you're talking about being adaptable or kind of being bold and, and the drive for that. I mean, I, I think that that's something that certainly uh, scares a lot of people. You know, they're, they're afraid to make the mistake, right? to take the swing, to take, to take the shot. So, I mean, what, what kind of advice would you have for, for some of those people out there kind of navigating through trying to figure out their own thoughts and fears of whether they're going into a new business or just, just a new idea that they really like, but maybe they don't want to share with other people because they're afraid that everyone's going to shit on it or just not give it the, you know, time of day. And then their precious idea has been crumbled around them. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think at the end of the day, you know, you really just have to be confident. You got to have the confidence in yourself. And again, it really comes down to what you want out of life. And, um, you know, it's one of the things that I really attribute sports to uh, for me in my own life was the fact that, you know, it, 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 you, you're going to lose. I mean, you better get used to losing um, because as much work as you put in, as much effort as you put in. And, um, and so you got to have the confidence to win. And you got to have the confidence to continue to go back in and, and the perseverance and things. But 
you know, and you know, and you know me, I mean, I'm, you know, I hate to lose and, but I don't love to win. Right. So my, all my motivation has really come from, you know, not fear of failure, but just because just the, the feeling that I get when, when, when I lose, um, which so winning is just not having that feeling of losing, you know what I mean? It's not like a, um, but I think, you know, people just have to believe in themselves and know that what other people think really doesn't matter. Um, you know, and, and we get caught up in that. This is particularly this society now. I mean, it's gotten worse, not better. Uh, that sure. we're really, you know, um, very concerned about what other people think. And, um, I, you know, that's a, that, 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 again, and when you think about it, condition, you know, you've heard this from me a million times, condition creates behavior. So when you're on your social media and you're worried about what somebody thinks about you, you are now conditioning yourself more, further to be concerned about what people think about you. And so I think it's really bad for, um, you know, and then, and to be for, for people to be on social media, you know, I'm not a proponent. Um, and uh, I just think it's really, when you think about the small things that over time become real factors whether they're good or bad if you do all the small things well in life then you know what when when you're making these decisions you have conditioned yourself to 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 either have an auto response uh or and you do it in, in both positive and negative and i think that people really just need to but prepare but that's the other thing you know we were talking about before we got online that you know preparation you got to be prepared for the opportunity right you know um, and I think that that's the thing if you, but, but people should be prepared and worried about themselves and what makes them happy and not so much about what, 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 what someone else's, you know, you know, uh, measurements are and, and you'll probably live a lot happier life. And at the end of the day, that's success, whether you, yeah, is cause when, you know, that's my theory. What goes into your preparation? Um, well, I mean, I try to be prepared for every situation that I that I'm in. I mean, and then you got to wing it. Um, then you got to have the could because you can't be prepared for every situation. Right. So I mean, there's just no way. Um, but you, you by by doing the right things over and over again in your life, um, you you are preparing for these situations that may come up. So that just is the preparation in itself. I I look back and think that you know when. Um, you know, when your mom got pregnant, I was 18 years old, which was not, you know, again, you want to talk about making not all the right choices. <laughs> Clearly, this is not the right choice. Uh, but I thought, you know, I've thought back about that and think that, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of the, the, the work and the discipline and the attitude that I learned from either being competitive with my brother or playing sports or whatever it was, that was the thing that prepared me to deal with that in a, um, I guess, an adult way, in a, in, a, in a responsible way, and to just keep chopping wood. Um, but so, I mean, you know, you can look at it, and then, you, so that's two kinds of preparation. Just doing the right thing over and over again prepares you to do the right thing and to be ready for big, it, again, unforeseen um, situations that come up in life. And that's that adaptability. How are you going to adapt? Mm -hmm. um, are you going to allow this big thing that comes into your life super negatively impact your life? Or are you going to, you know, handle it, you know, with the way that you've prepared 
Um, so that's one way. And then the other way is when you know that you have to, um, that you've got a big moment coming up, you got to prepare, you've got to do the work, you got to put the work in, you got to make sure that you put yourself in the best position to be successful. It seems obvious, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting how many people really don't, you know, embrace that concept. And, uh, and then of course they're going to blame everybody else. You know, at the end of the day, I tell people all the time, there's a mirror at the end of the hall, go in and take a look at it and you'll start to see where some of your problems are. Right. Just, it just is, but you know, so yeah, be prepared. So a little bit, uh, you know, talking about that adaptability. Um, one of those things I, I think that can be difficult is knowing when it's time to pivot or, or kind of make that change. You know, I feel like uh, a lot of people, myself included, you know, when it's coming to training or something else, you're working on one thing, one thing, one thing, and you, you know, you're just holding on trying to make, you know, uh, when it comes to skiing, you're trying to, you know, work on one part of aspect of your turn and you keep going, keep going down that same Avenue. And it's almost like you're beating a dead horse, but you're trying to find that breakthrough. And then soon, you know, coach will just be like, well, just think about this or try it this way. And then boom, light bulb goes off. It's essentially the sit. Like, when do you know that it's time to jump ship or, or make that change? When, when have you been waiting too long? My whole life. I don't know. I don't, I can't answer that question. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know when, when that, when that time is. Um, listen, there is, you're going to be, you're, there's going to be, sometimes you're going to, 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 uh, it's like knowing the answer it's in the stock market. You know what I mean? I mean, you just got to know, you know, you got to be doing the work and, uh, you know, I'll tell you, uh, one thing for me is that you find out in throughout life that you better have a team. Um, you better have people you trust. You better have people that are smarter than you. Uh, whether you're, a, a, you know, a, 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 an executive or you're an athlete that's, you know, uh, you got to have a team of people that you trust, uh, coaches, uh, friends, um, family, uh, when you're, you know, those are the things that, you know, where you, you figure out because every situation is different. And I don't care if what company you look at, they have many have missed the boat. Uh, you're seeing them now, not prepared. Um, and, 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 uh, and you're seeing, uh, you know, the ones that are prepared and you can look through uh, business and through industry from, you know, um, you know, from, from Kodak, uh, they didn't adapt to, um, you know, just business after business. Look at the, look at how, um, Tesla has disrupted the, the auto industry just because, right. and, you know, and you, he's, they're going in he's a pretty amazing guy. Uh, he's a nut, but he's a, he's an amazing guy. And he has taken on the auto industry, which takes super amounts of capital, um, but all the auto industry was asleep at the wheel. You know what I mean? To let this one, one guy with an idea and, and the discipline and the belief and all the things that we're talking about, really amazing when you see it happen, to disrupt a, an industry that, that, that's that big um, just because he had the conviction and the fortitude to do it while they had all of the, the, the and you see it over and over again, look what Amazon has done to the, to the retail business. So when you see and you go, okay, well, when should you, you know, listen, they should have pivoted a lot, a lot earlier, clearly. Um, you know, I mean, Blockbuster should have pivoted, you know, back when Netflix came. So, and you can take that and extrapolate that to your own, uh, you've got to be paying attention. 
-hmm. You know, you really do. And you're going to miss some stuff. And that's the ability to adapt and then get back to work because you are going to miss some stuff. But the ones that kind of put their head in the sand, whether you're an, an athlete or you're a ex executive or whatever, I mean, those are the ones that, you know, that continue to go down the wrong path. And some of those companies I named, you know, whether it was Kodak or, or, you know, or um, Blockbuster or whatever, yep. you know, ancient history, your kids will never even know they existed. Yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, definitely. So true. you got to be paying attention. You got to be, you got to have, and that's where it comes down to, again, what is your strategy? What is it? The, what is your goal? Then you have a strategy, then you have a plan, and then you got to adapt the plan. You know, I read a lot of military history and uh, they, all, you know, all these, you know, the generals, you know, when I read World War II history, history is essentially your plan is your battle plan is only in, as good as until you engage the enemy. And then as soon as you engage the enemy, you better start adapting because they're going to do some things that you didn't expect and stuff's going to go wrong and stuff's going to go right and stuff. So you're going to get lucky on some stuff that you didn't think you would. Um, and, uh, and then stuff's going to go badly wrong and then you're going to have miscalculated. So yeah. that's where it comes and you have that ability to adapt. And I think Mike Tyson has, you know, has taken that yeah. to the next level. Right. <laughs> I mean, which I think he's got to play until they get hit in the face. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's it. So that's the, then you better start adapting and going, okay. You know, so, yeah. So I think I be, be aware and then be ready to adapt. It's an, again, it, it all comes to me to an attitude. And if your attitude is, and this is one thing that I have in my office that I tell all my people and um, I haven't read it anywhere. It's just mine, but I'm sure, you know, it's a, it's a, a manifestation of a lot of things I've read or whatever, or maybe, maybe I did read it and steal it. I don't know, but is to be humble and paranoid. Um, and I mean that by the perspective that you got to be humble in the fact that whatever position you're in is not going to be that that great, you know, I mean, you just got to keep chopping wood and doing all the right things. And, uh, and then you have to be paranoid and paranoid meaning, you know, at the end of the day, you, you, you better think that people are working harder than you and smarter than you and better than you. Um, and you, you know, people that are arrogant, um, generally don't last long, you know, they may get there, they may have some, you know, they may have some stuff, that, but you better be humble and paranoid. Humble in the fact that you're not that great and paranoid, the fact that there's a lot of other people out there that are trying to yep. get what you got. How much, how much do you think that's, that's kind of helped with the added of your already that's, you know, your attitude, your drive, and then being paranoid and humble? Well, you, yeah, I mean, you got to learn. It's, it's a constant, you know, I'm reading a book right now, trying to learn some more, you know, um, and it's just a lifetime of, of learning and, and, and again, knowing what you want and then uh, um, taking all of the thing that you, um, that you've learned in these disciplines and things that you've learned as a 18 year old, 20 year old, you know, 10 year old, um, and then continuing again, the attitude is to continue to learn and that's humble, right? If you think you know it all, then you're, you're, that's not a very humble perspective, but, and they've all, you know, and the thing is, is, is everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. Right. And oftentimes you see people's strengths. That's what gets shown, whether you're on social media and you get to see somebody's amazing strength or you get to see an athlete or you get to see a movie or whatever. And, Everybody gets to see this one 
uh, aspect of somebody that they're really amazing at. And we somehow um, think that that's how amazing they really are uh, in everything. And it just, it's not. So, you know, my theory that is um, my pie theory, which means that for all these pieces of things that people really feel that you see that they're really good at, that comes at the expense of other things. And that means you're underdeveloped. Uh, either you don't have, and, and for lots of reasons, it's two reasons. One is you just don't have the skill in that anyway, mm-hmm. or the interest in that. And then B, because of that, you don't work on it and you never develop it. Right. Uh, and there's all kinds of things, you know, so you got to know yourself. And that's what, you know, again, the mirror, very important. You know, you got to know yourself. You got to be able to look at it in a, in a humble uh, way and say, here, here's what I'm good at. Here's what I'm not good at. Um, and I either got to really work on those things that I'm not that good at. Uh, and then I have to, as when you get into the executive roles, kind of surround yourself with people that are, are good at those things that you're not that good at. Yeah. And nobody, like I said, nobody bats a thousand. So no one is great at everything. Um, I've not yet met a person that is great at everything. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, I, uh, flashed through my mind. It definitely, a, a bunch of, uh, long car rides from, from some ski areas of, uh, not, not, uh, competing up to what, what I wanted and, uh, having a, having a look myself in the mirror, uh, winter park, 2009, I think stands out pretty well. So that was, that was a long car ride. Yep. I remember that one, <laughs> I remember that one, but you know, the, you know, the beauty is, and I told you this when you were, you were in first competing, I remember your first competition, you know, and many of your other competitions, you know, the sun comes up tomorrow. Um, you know, we as human beings have a tendency to put a lot of um, pressure on ourselves and that pressure is generally far bigger in our minds than it re- really is. And it actually comes back to, to haunt us to certain extents, particularly when we're younger, you know. Um, but, you know, the sun comes up tomorrow, you know, and again, that comes up to the attitude and how do you balance and say, listen, I'm going to put in all the work. I'm going to do everything I possibly can. And, and then I'm going to do that tomorrow. And that's the part that you kind of think of, as I said earlier about the baseball game is, you know, life is long. You know, you get a lot of sun comes up tomorrow days to go fix the mistakes you made. Um, and, 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 and that's the fun of life. If you've got, again, the right attitude that that doesn't become a burden that becomes okay. And if you have the work ethic and the, and the efficiency and the goal, then you get another day to do it. You know, and I love that, you know, I mean, we've talked about the Dan Gable story and I love the fact that you're a, you're a, you're a student of success and a student of re watching other people's failures and, and successes. And, and it makes it easier for us when we get to see other people. Right. Of course. But, you know, one of those things that you kind of talk about, some will always come up tomorrow. And, and one of those aspects definitely going through training is, is really that, that perseverance. And how, how key do you think that is in kind of creating that success? I mean, you kind of have to have a little bit, right? You have to be put down a few times, be able to get up off your feet. Um, you know, maybe you're, you think you're doing great. And then you come out at an event and you get your ass kicked and then it's like, okay, I need to look myself in the mirror and I need to figure out uh, what's going on. And I need to make those changes and kind of persevere, go through some rough periods where, where everything's not working. Sure. 
Yeah. yeah, without question. I mean, you got to be able to persevere. I mean, anything uh, is anything that is worth doing is worth doing. And uh, so again, if if you have your goals, and when you're a kid, your goals are you're just doing it. You're either doing it to make your parents happy, or you're doing it because you're hanging out with your friends, you're doing it because it's kind of fun. Um, you know, when you're talking about sports or or whatever, or kids that want to go to, you know, get you know. Back in the day, a 4.0 GPA was was all you could get. So now you guys have they have all kinds of other things. That, but but back in the day, you could. But <laughs> I mean, go to, go to Harvard or MIT or whatever the goal is, then you're going to persevere. Um, you know, we are in control of a lot less than we think we are. Again, see the pandemic, see the net. You know, we we're motoring along, everything's motoring along, and then boom, life has a tendency to surprise you, uh, and and oftentimes life's su- surprises you with good things so you you know and again that comes to the attitude that says um but yeah i mean you got to persevere you got to you know i mean what's the alternative yeah right no it's true you know i mean what so speaking of that perseverance i mean what are some of those those big failures you've had that have kind of spurred a greater success because i feel like everyone always has those setbacks and and some of those things that really makes you go back to the drawing board, really cre- recreate something and, and you're out better for it. You've learned from the mistake and you're off to the races. Yeah, none really come to mind, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think... <laughs> no weaknesses, that's right, I forgot. You yeah, no, no, no weaknesses. <laughs> um, very humble, very humble. Yeah. Um, no, I think, uh, you know, I mean, I can remember one as, as, uh, as a kid that really uh, had, a, had, a, had an effect on me. Um, and then I can remember, you know, I have one as an adult. Uh, so one is, uh, you know, when I was uh, in, in, in seventh grade, I mean, when I was in sixth grade, I got done playing soccer. I was going to play, play football. I was going to play this, this community football and I hated it. Um, it was some, 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 somebody's parents that were coaching and you know I was like a tight end which is like a lineman when you're in sixth grade nobody throws a ball and you know my brother was like the star tailback and and I quit and I went back and I played uh, I played soccer and um you know and then I got into seventh grade I was a big baseball player at the time and I wrestled and I wasn't that great of a wrestler at the time but um but in so then I went back to play football because I didn't want my brother to think I was a baby uh, that was the main motivation, which I never told him until probably about 10 years ago, you know, but this yeah. was something. Um, so I didn't want to be, a, I didn't want to be a quitter. I thought he, I, I thought that he thought, he never said a word to me, by the way, this is all just in my head, yeah. but I thought that he thought that I was a baby and that's why I quit football. So I went as my, in seventh grade when I could play um, and I decided to play and uh, I was, you know, I was always a very, as a natural athlete, but I'd never played football. So when you get in to play football with kids that have played already, um you are not that so apparently I wasn't that good um and uh and then I went in and I uh you know I only played the fifth quarter and uh and I never missed a practice so you know you get a lot of people so when you're not playing and you go to practice every day and you're working hard um and that was in seventh grade and then you know um and then in eighth grade I had the same attitude same work ethic same um you know gonna go and and then you start to get better and then the next thing you know i mean i'm playing college football so that's a interesting thing where clearly it was not you know i wasn't you know uh wasn't my finest moment or i hadn't figured out what i wanted to do or or whatever Mm -hmm. and um you know i um 
you know, I just kept, I kept working hard because I, I'd, um, but, but you gotta have that. I mean, that's gotta be your attitude and uh, whatever, but, but I was going to go to every practice, but my brother was my motivation for that. So, right. um, so he, and he didn't even know. Another one, obviously, you know, I mean, I got, I, I decided to pivot out of consumer goods and, and get into the agent business. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was a business that I really enjoyed to a certain extent, had certain aspects of that, that I enjoyed less, um, you know, and then had a lot of eggs in the 2006 uh, Olympics, uh, had six, six athletes going over and, um, you know, um, four who were gold medal favorites and didn't get any gold medals. You know, that was an interesting period. I remember smoking a cigar in Torino going, hmm, this didn't go out you know, exactly the way I would have I planned. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, that's, it's, you got to pivot, you got to figure it out. And then I figured out, you know, a lot of the things that I didn't like about it weren't, you know, weren't going to change, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I better figure out something else to do. Either that or I would have stayed in and really, um, uh, stayed in the agent business, but you know, you have some failure, you kind of evaluate it and go, okay, is this really what I want to do with the rest of my life? Do I really love this? And there was enough aspects of it, including competing with the other, you know, the other, um, you know, agents don't have, you know, uh, you know, there's not the highest scruples in that industry. It's got a, it's got a, uh, and, and I can, I have stories of that. So just decided to pivot into something else, but yeah. Dunk kept, kept coming up, you know, you got to do something, you know? Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely, definitely kept, uh, kept going. And, um, it's been, it's been pretty remarkable. The, the run with, with real speaking, speaking of, uh, success and, and the growth that's kind of come there with the team since you've kind of made your way in. Yeah. Well, I, you know, At I attribute that all to, yeah, I attribute that all to, to Deloitte. Um, and uh, he is an amazing um, individual who has achieved a lot of success um, and um, has taught me a lot. You know, if you, I mean, the one thing I've learned from Deloitte, um, our owner, is the speed with which he moves yeah. is so, uh, is, is really, and, and, you know, me being a Fortune 500 guy and, you know, the, there's different ways that, corporate world works as opposed to, um, you know, Deloitte. And the reason he's a self-made billionaire, first of all, he's extremely smart. Um, but there's a lot of smart people out there. Uh, he's very driven. But the thing, the, when he makes a decision, the speed with which he moves, the speed with, you know, so for example, when we decided to launch the women's team, yeah. we launched it from in 120 days a actual women's professional sports team, you know, the Utah Royals FC from inception. And I was part, a part of every process from flying to New York, negotiating the deal. We didn't have a name. We didn't have a logo. We didn't have, you know, don't we, we went into New York, we got the players, you know, meaning we had this team that was, had been in Kansas city, but it was all new team. Uh, we didn't have a coach. We didn't have anything. And we sold out, you know, we had a sold out game home opener, um, you know, 120, day, 120 days later. Um, it's remarkable, uh, but it comes down to, and most organizations, while we had an MLS, while we have an MLS team, you know, we had the RS, we had RSL and the, uh, and the, and the Royals, uh, the Monarchs. Right. So we had two clubs already. And, uh, but the speed with which he operates, 
um, is just so remarkable. And I've learned a lot about that because, you know, you know, I've always lived by the theory that uh, a good plan today is better than a perfect plan tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But, and, and these plans, when you go that quickly, or you have that kind of conviction and that kind of, that where you're going to do it and that kind of sense of urgency, um, it cut, it's hard. It's hard on staff. It's hard on people because you're going and you're doing it. But while other people are thinking about it, you're doing it. And then you are course correcting in, in real time. Yeah. We kind of talk about the fact that, you know, we're, you know, it's like building the airplane while you're flying it. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it is a lot, but it, it's amazing. You know, if you want to think about, comp and, and Tesla is the same way. I mean, you get, look at a guy like Tesla, or you look at even, um, you know, Amazon or, or whatever. Um, you know, I mean, you look at Tesla, Tesla's out there doing things without the infrastructure and, you know, all the committees and meetings that you're going to get at big companies that make that just slow things down. Yeah. And when you move with that kind of speed, you, you really, that, you know, if you look at it, that is a massive competitive advantage. And probably, in my view, um, one of the most underappreciated competitive advantages there is. Because it allows you to, to uh, be adapt, uh, to adapt quicker? Or, I mean, what, what are some of those it's, advantages? Well, you're doing it. You know, some people are thinking about it and, and you're doing it. So, I mean, even if you looked at it from the physics of momentum, mm -hmm. um, you know, looked at it from that level, it, there you just, and momentum happens and then you're building more momentum. So it's not perfect. And like I said, you know, it, uh, uh, it doesn't come with its, uh, without its, um, its challenges to it. But again, the speed and the momentum that you have while other people are, you know, still in planning mode mm -hmm. is so, you know, I mean, I mean, again, I mean, if you could, if you could take anything away from it is when you're planning, plan, be quick about it. Don't right. worry about Don't think you have to come up with every, you know, possibility and every, uh, just get it, get after it. I mean, Tesla's had to adapt many, you know, many times, and you know, making another example to that, but um, just get after it. I mean, we built a, you know, at the same time that we launched the Royals, you know, we, you know, the lawyers build an $80 million training facility. Um, you know, the other thing is, is, you know, uh, it's very similar to what I think the Navy SEALs uh, have, have come up with. And a lot of other folks is you, we're, you're capable of way more than you think you are, whether it's organizationally or individually or as teams, um, your brain uh, sets that. And I think uh, Deloitte does, you know, really has, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's a very unique guy in the fact that he's not only um, a, um, um, you know, he's very, he's a visionary, but he's also can get things done. And that's kind of interesting. You don't typically see that amongst, uh, amongst um, individuals where they have the, the capacity to be not only a visionary, but then to actually be an operator and to right. get things done. Uh, Tesla, I, I think that uh, is, is also one of the interesting things about Elon Musk. People, you know, he is a visionary and an operator. And I tell you, go back in uh, over time and see how many people can do both. Yeah. They, not that many. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's super... Uh... Because you use different parts of your brain, different yeah. skill sets, as we talked about earlier. So very few people, I mean, that guy's running a car company and he was sleeping on the floor. Um, 
you know, to, on the operational end when things were going wrong. Mm -hmm. um, plus he's a visionary who's disrupted this thing, sending space stuff, you know, I mean, again, the ability to be in the weeds and be a visionary is very rare. Right. You know, usually visionaries hire guys to be in the weeds, just like, uh, you know, I mean, the guys at Google did, right. I mean, they did eventually, uh, brought on Eric Schmidt and Eric Schmidt ran Google for a long time. And those guys were, you know, big idea guys. Um, but, and most companies end up doing that, right. I mean, most, um, you know, um, big companies end up the visionaries, the founders, um, do it for a while and then they can't scale it. And then they bring in someone who's going to be in, in the weeds, making that happen. Right. Now it's pretty, uh, it, you also, uh, I remember one of the books you were reading, what was it? Uh, Titan on uh Titan, rockefeller yeah. right mm -hmm. I mean, su super influential and it, it sounded like he he was definitely certainly a, a, a visionary <laughs> definitely a visionary the inventor you know essentially invented the modern american corporation along with um with uh, jp morgan mm -hmm. um but he was less in the weeds you know as he got it's interesting he was a great delegator um but um but, but, but less in the weeds. Very, uh, you know, you look again, you look at the, the, the characteristics, which is what I look at or with characteristics of, of, it's why I read so many biographies is what were the characteristics that people have? And, um, you know, uh, Rockefeller was very um, fastidious. I mean, he was just, yeah. everything was the same. Not a very exciting guy, didn't live a very exciting life, but very, um, you know, disciplined, in, yeah. in his approach right and so going back you know you touched on uh being able to delegate and and weaknesses and stuff like that like when you go in and you go into your hiring process or you're bringing new people on board you're going through those interviews what are you looking for in the interviewee is it uh someone who has strengths that are your weakness that you you know can uh fill fill that area maybe where you're a little bit uh weaker or, or what is it, what are those characteristics that you kind of try to figure out? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, certainly that's one, one, one thing, particularly if it's a, if you're hiring in an area where, um, you know, it's not my strong suit, then certainly that's something that you want to look at that someone's really accomplished in that, in that, uh, in that discipline. But, you know, again, attitude, work ethic, integrity, mm -hmm. um, and importantly, culture, you know, do they fit in? Do they fit into the culture? You know, we have a, a high performance culture um, and you want to have, you know, our people, um, you know, and, and so it's very interesting. And, uh, and that's a big thing that, that if, you, if you've created a culture of um, that is whatever that is of the organization, when you bring people in, they could be the most talented. You know, there's there are certain, you know, there are certain things that just don't fit. And you see it in coaches, you see it in. Uh, organizations all the time, you know, obviously, um, um, you know, when you look at sports organizations or high profile, so you get the opportunity to see whether uh, you get people that to go succeed someplace else that don't succeed, you know, Bill Belichick, for example, right? I right. mean, yeah. he failed at Cleveland and, you know, then went back to work for Parcells and, and then obviously went to New England and found a lot of success. So learned from his failures and then went and found the right situation. So um, you know, I have a saying that I've had a, a, a long period of time, which is, um, you know, people don't get less talented. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and I truly believe that. But you got to be in the right fit. So I really, when I interview people, I want to make sure they're going to fit. I want to make sure they have all of these 
um, you know, these attributes or as you know, to the best that you can figure out, um, you know, the things that are important, but that they're going to fit, they're going to fit the vision and, uh, and the, and the, and be a good part of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, you can use sports analogies all the time. Lots of talented guys go get into a situation where they don't fit and it talent only gets you so far, you know, yeah, and he, yeah. So you got to have the right fit, but you got to have, they got to be able to um, meet, you know, integrity, uh, work ethic, attitude. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, and then they got to be able to fit and they got to be good at what they do. Now how hard you know, finding people, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. finding people that are talented, there's a lot of talent out there. You know, that's not the hard, that's not the hard part. Um, there's a lot of smart people. There's a lot of people that are capable, but they gotta, they gotta want to buy, you know, buy into the vision and then, and then fit either that or it's, you know. Right. Now, how hard is it to create that culture? I mean, you, you speak to that a little bit, like you have to make sure that person kind of fits the vision, fits the culture. So when you're going through in, in your organization, how, um, how important is culture? Well, whatever the culture is going to be is, is you better, you better be aware again, be aware of it and make sure that you're, um, you know, some of it is, you know, the, you know, Deloitte's got to, you know, I mean, he owns the team. It's his culture. Right. right. Um, but you, but if I, it doesn't work for me, then it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Right. For me, it works for him. I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying the team. from him. So, you know, it's his, <laughs> so, um, but the reality is, is that you then you build that based off of, um, and but you got to be aware of it. You got to know um, it, you have moments where, listen. The reality of it, if you're in the game a long time, you know that sometimes things are are going well and are easy, and a, a lot of times they're they're not. Yeah. Um, and you constantly got to be tweaking and making sure that um, you have the the right talent in the right spots and. Um, it's a, the world keeps moving. Right. So, but you got to, yeah. When you're going through how much, I mean, um, you know, you're always a positive uh, attitude first person and how, how much do you say you got to enjoy that process though? You know, cause I feel like a lot of people get caught up in the day to day and maybe they're not like super happy, you know, they might not be happy with the process of, they just want to get to the, to the end point. And they don't there is no enjoy the journey. <laughs> Better enjoy the journey. There yeah. is no endpoint, uh, and that's what I tell people all the time. Um, yeah. You know, I guess when they, you know, when when the lights go out finally, uh, you know, that's either the we don't even know if that's the endpoint or not. You know what I mean? So right, um, be prepared, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, you better enjoy what you do because, and no, you're never going to enjoy what you know. That's a that's a overarching statement. Because I don't care what you're doing, you're not loving it all the time. Um, but for the most part, it better be fulfilling to you. You better get out of it what you want, and you better be in it for the long haul. You know, I think um, you know one thing we haven't talked about, but you know, it all it all you know all these things kind of blend together is commitment. You know, you better be committed. I tell that story about the you know about the the uh, the, the the chicken and the pig, you know, making breakfast and. Um, you know, the chicken is bringing eggs and, uh, he's invested and the pigs bringing bacon and he's committed. Um, so, and I really do believe that. I believe that at at the end of the day, if you're, if people, you know, there's a lot of people that end up getting the life that they end up with. 
as opposed to the life that they want. Um, so you better, you should really be committed to what you want to do. Um, and if you have that kind of level of commitment and conviction, and then you work hard and you know, and you're adaptable, then you can get anything you want. Um, you know, and I think that those are the things that, um, that are super, but that commitment, because it is, it's a haul. It's a, it's life's a, a drag sometimes, you know, sure. as I, you know, I kind of have the saying, you know, my life doesn't suck all the time. Um, you know, it's, but, and you gotta have a sense of humor, you, you know, that's the other part of it. I mean, you know, that I look at from my own personal experience is, you know, you gotta roll with it because sometimes, um, you know, sometimes things are, you know, you go through periods where things aren't going well, whether you're talking about in a sports career or you're talking about in a sports team like, like ours. I mean, you, we've seen all kinds of different uh, gyrations from new coaches to, um, you know, missing the playoffs by a point to getting into the playoffs by a point to losing the championship game in 10 penalty kicks in 2013 when it's about 10 degrees outside in Kansas City. And then, you know, you better – you know, you better enjoy the moment and you better, uh, it better be worth it to, con- you know, to continue to build something. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that's uh, it every day. Tomorrow's Monday. Tomorrow's Monday. That's Tomorrow's right. Monday. It's yeah. a beautiful day. The sun's going to come up or, you know, I mean, I, yeah. And then we'll, you go you do it assume. again. So. <laughs> What's that? I said, you would assume that sun's going to come up. Well, <laughs> If it doesn't, then I won't have to worry about it. You know what yeah, I mean? That's, yeah. Yeah, that's my theory. <laughs> so one thing, I've, how are you able to keep track of all of the sayings? Because you have just a litany that you always are able to just pull out of your mind. Yeah. Split second, like, oh, here's this saying, here's that saying. How? I don't know. Yeah, it is one of those things that, you know, I've been able to do. You know, it's, it's funny is that, you know, for as much as I miss in the world by not paying attention, not being able to see, um, there's these things that are impactful to me and these sayings that, that, that stay with me. And you're right, because I have a ton of them and people have told me, oh, you got to write a book um, of all my, 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 my sayings. But for some reason, they resonate with me and they're powerful. And, I, and some of them I write down now because I'm starting to forget stuff. Um, but for the most part, they, yeah, I, I really believe it. You know, I believe those things are true. So, and I believe I bought in, you know, I bought in really early in life into, uh, I was very fortunate, you know, again, I had a competitive, uh, experience. I had, uh, I had coaches that, um, that were not always, you know, I, I played in the, in the Bobby Knight era of, uh, of, uh, of sports. So, right. Um, some guys had different, you know, different styles of, uh, of, of trying to get the, uh, of trying to optimize my get their potential. point across. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I was, I always bought in and, uh, you know, and I think, you know, we we're talking about that to me, you know, having that conviction and, and buying in, uh, whether you're hiring people or you're just looking at yourself, are you really bought in, you know? Right. Um, and a lot of people, you know, again, I'm going to go with another saying, but you know, I have the saying that you can't steal second with your foot on first. And a lot, I would say most people try and do it. It's safe. You know, being on first base is pretty safe. You know, you don't want to get too much of a lead because it gets gets risky out there. But, you know, you got to have buy-in. you got to be totally bought in. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Uh, 
definitely makes makes sense. But talking back to some of those uh, coaches and, and things of that nature, mm-hmm. who who are people not only in the athletic world or uh, business world that have really kind of uh, you would say are, are mentors and have really kind of helped helped you grow or helped you succeed along the way? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Uh, you know, when I was at Pepsi, Rick Pullion had a big, uh, uh, Gary Abel had a big, uh, he was a, one of my first bosses at Pepsi. Um, and I started as a management trainee and, um, he had a great, um, um, you know, first influence on me. And then, uh, Rick Pullion, uh, who was the division president there had a, you know, it was a totally different style of management. I mean, that was the two by four to the head style, which I was prepared for after playing, uh, playing college football and some of those things. Um, but he, he, again, another influence, um, you know, I've always just been paying attention to, to other people. I had some, um, some, some great bosses at, uh, when I was at Cadbury Schweppes, Deloitte has had a big influence on me. Um, you know, later, later in my life, I've been at RSL for eight years, uh, five years as chief business officer. And, um, you know, a lot of things that I, I, I've, uh, again, learned from, from Deloitte, both things that I want to um, do in my life and things that I don't want to do and things that, you know, in, in styles. And um, so, uh, so I would say, you know, and then on the coaching front, um, you know, Nick Schroeder was a high school football coach I had uh, and had a big influence on me. That um, Dan Nolan was a wrestling coach that I had, had a big influence on me. Um, guys that different and everyone had different styles and that's where you start to learn that it's the fundamentals and the fundamentals are the things that really don't change and it's really boring you know the fundamentals are boring i guess some of these sexy yes what's that said it's not sexy (laughs) no you know and 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 maybe that's where the sayings get into it for me just because of the fact that it it makes it more fun and it makes it, it it illustrates it differently then guess what? Chopping wood every day, boring. And that's what you got to do, though. If you're going to be successful, you got to be repetitive. You got to get up and do it every time. You know, uh, you got to be disciplined. You got and and you know all these things. But and and, and I know you've had a lot of your guests that have talked about it. But it's you know so. But so the fundamentals have never changed. Everyone's had different styles. I've had styles that are the Bobby Knight style. I've had styles that are you know the you know disinterested amazing sense of humor um styles that would but they and how does that motivate you and how does that get out of you um you know you know how did that how did that affect you you know and you know what you want i could tell you um anybody who's had the two by four style that's not that much fun right that is just not that much fun and but if if it helps you get to your goal um then and and it gets you further again when you talk about it whether you're talking about from an organization or from a person being able to achieve a lot more than you think that you are um you know i call it you know having arrows in the quiver you know you got to be able to do it all you got to have these subtle things to be able to a motivate yourself and make sure that because uh, hearing hearing all the good things all the time isn't going to make you better isn't going to make you stretch isn't going to get you to where you want to go um yeah you got to hear that sometimes. Sometimes you need to, you know, someone's got to put their arm around you and tell you, you, you know, you're not nearly as bad as you think you are. Yeah, definitely. definitely depends on the, uh, on the situation, whether it's been a good event or a bad event. 
and we're going to have them all. You know, I mean, yeah. again, we look at, you know, we, 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 we've talked many times about Dan Gable, right? Here's a guy who's undefeated his whole life. Goes to, you know, his final college wrestling match and loses. I mean, yeah. you can't make this stuff up. Hollywood could not make that story up. They try. Yeah. Um, but they always get to the, the – it always comes into become rocky, right? That guy's, you know. Um, but, uh, you, you know, and then, of course, he doesn't let it – you know, he was – crushed never yeah. lost before yeah um and uh and then but then goes to the to to you know the olympics and goes unscored upon uh and just totally dominates the world um so again you live to see another day and um you know we learn from failure and um yeah yeah no it's it's definitely one of those uh one of those things you have to you have to live with it and i think especially now with the, uh, you know, how big social media is and everything else, I think that people try to ignore it, you know, as you were talking about earlier about the fact of uh, everyone can post whatever picture or whatever they want to say that gives the best side of them. And it's only about the successful part. And it's not about the times when you're down and you're down in the dumps and uh, life's not great. And you're, you're trying to figure out uh, which way to navigate and what's going to get you back to the promised land. Well, you know, there's a lot of things out there that are just, most of the world is full of shit. It's just super superficial. And, uh, you know, I told you that a long time, but you got to figure it out yourself. You know what I mean? Um, it just is. And, um, you know, the one thing that I always learned from a very early age, um, you know, and again, this comes to attitude, um, is you got to embrace the suck. You just have to. Life sucks most of the time. And, you know, I mean, when you're out there and you're skiing and it's, you know, 10 degrees below zero or whatever it is that you're doing, or, you know, as a wrestler, you know, I was a wrestle for two and a half hours and then go out and run and, you know, at night and it's cold and wet in New York. Um, you got to embrace that. You got to like love it, you know, and that's the part that if you embrace the suck, the fun stuff is actually becomes even more enjoyable because, you know, right that you've got a good attitude about the stuff that isn't that great. Um, and uh, so that, uh, yeah, again, it all, to me, it all comes down to attitude. I have said it many, many times. It sounds like a broken record. That's where it all is. And uh, I've come up with my latest quote, which I don't even know that I've shared with you. I don't um, we get a maybe, maybe I have, maybe, maybe I haven't, but you know, people talk about heart mm -hmm. and I say that the heart is just a blood pump. It is literally everything comes from your brain. So when I hear people going, oh, this guy's got heart, that guy, they don't have heart. It's all, it's all in your head. Right. It is all, your attitude comes from your head. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, Makes sense. Makes sense. One thing that uh, I wanted to, to touch on a little bit, um, because when I was going through and I was looking for uh, what I wanted to name this podcast, yeah. and one of the things that really stuck out to me was when, when I mean, you uh, got it, for, made it for me. I think it was a Christmas present, birthday present, something like that. And it was up in my room and it was the Teddy Roosevelt speech, you know, man in the arena, which became, in the, you know, the name for, for the podcast and just what, how influential was that? Uh, and when, when did you kind of find the, the man in the arena? Um, I'm just, just kind of curious about that. Yeah, very good question. It hangs in my office. Um, 
it uh, resonated with me automatically the first time I, I heard it. Um, so when I was with Cadbury Schweppes, uh, Todd Stitzer, who was the CEO of uh, Cadbury Schweppes of North American Beverages and went on to be the CEO of, of Cadbury Schweppes um, in England, he played it. Uh, he read it. Okay. Um, and uh, I never heard it before. Um, and it resonated with me instantly. And, um, and I, I, you know, I just think that, again, it, it, it is the, it sums up all of the things that you talk about, which is, yeah, you got to go out and do it and, um, and don't worry about the critics and it, yeah. So, uh, so that souls. is timid <laughs> souls, timid right? Souls, it, right. Neither no, uh, victory nor defeat. Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, but, um, and I'm reading, you know, it's interesting. I'm reading a book right now, uh, J.P. Morgan, you know, um, The House of Morgan and Teddy Roosevelt is, uh, does battle with the famous battle with J.P. Morgan uh, when he, um, you know, is the, the trust buster. And uh, so I'm, I'm right in the middle of that right now. So it's, uh, again, that attitude comes, comes down to attitude. Right. And so that was his. talking about uh, uh, books, what would be a few that you would kind of uh, recommend for people to, to go out if, there, if there's a few books on, maybe it doesn't, I mean, it can be success, but maybe just that have really influenced you and kind of given you a few things that, uh, a few big taking points for you kind of throughout your, your career so far that you think would be uh, really helpful. You know that that's that's an interesting question. Um, well, I know you read a lot, so I figured you. Got I do read a lot, yeah. Yeah. You know? and uh, it's interesting because I don't know that there's one book that I would. It could I be would a few. It doesn't have to be one. <laughs> um, you know, I've learned so much from all of them, mm -hmm. and I've found um, with so many different pieces in in all of these books. Um, you know, one, you know, General of the Army, which is a book that I that, uh, that I read, which I gave to you, which was about uh, George C. Marshall, who was to me one of the great um, you know military leaders of our you know our our history, and doesn't get a, you know a lot of um, uh, a lot of credit. I've read you know uh, Truman, I think, uh, which was David McCullough is an amazing book um, just about a guy who was ready for his opportunity. Really, it's an amazing story about, uh, about Truman. Um, you know, um, the, the book about uh, John Adams, again, another David McCullough book. I mean, these guys, when you think about the conviction that they had uh, and you think about guys, you know, you know, being in Boston and this guy's a farmer essentially um, and um, is taking a, you know, horse and carriage buggy down from uh, Boston to Philadelphia in the you know mid 1700s mm -hmm. to sit in you know these cold rooms to to you know um, you know their initial goal was not to overthrow you know it was not to not to uh, have the Declaration of Independence you know I mean they were just trying to get you know a little uh, um, you know representation with regards to their taxes and uh, and they probably would have been fine so. But, you know, looking at the, again, the discipline, the hard work, the, you know, the, the, the fortune, you know, the good fortune, rather. I mean, you look at Truman, Truman, you know, I mean, FDR was not a big Truman guy. Um, didn't even want him, really. So isn't, that's kind of fascinating. You know, um, Ulysses S. Grant is a great story. Um, you know, again, another guy kind of down on his luck. Um, 
seize the moment and um, and it becomes um, you know life altering. So I think yeah, I, I've tried it to get, you know as I've as I've read, I've looked at things very holistically. Um, I, I'm very thoughtful about it and trying to figure out. Um, what made people successful? Um, and again, these were all successful people. And now I'm reading, you know, I've read on, uh, we talked about um, Rockefeller and what made him successful. And uh, they were opportunists, certainly many of them, all of them, quite frankly, all, not one person I've mentioned is not an opportunist. Had an opportunity, John Adams, um, you know, went from a farmer in Boston or Truman had an opportunity. The guy was a haberdasher, uh, owned a hat store in, in, in Kansas. Um, and uh, somehow found his way to the presidency of the United States, and a guy that uh, you know responsible for for pushing the um, the button, um, you know, and Grant an opportunist, and 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 uh, Rockefeller an opportunist, and you know, they noticed and J.P. Morgan, J.P. Morgan's one of these guys that he you know he life was on a silver platter for him, but he still yeah. made something out of it. You know what I mean? I mean yeah. he you know brought things to a different level. But he, um, yeah. How how was it on a silver platter for him? His father. His father, Junius uh, Morgan, was over in London and was already an extremely wealthy banker and had essentially, um, you know, um, made uh, was was and there was a big and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but there was you know we because we 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 don't know a lot, but what happens is that. Um, back in the day, the states would file for, you know, would be bankrupt, you know what I mean? And they couldn't pay their bonds. And London really, you know, financed the United States, which is the irony of life, of course, right? We rebel against them. Um, then, then they essentially funded us. So there was a couple of banks, the Rothschilds and, uh, um, and the Barings that, uh, but so his dad uh, would, was over there um, and was very instrumental in making, because at the time, American banking, we were thought of as shysters and Shylocks. Um, you know, at one point, people did not want to loan us money because the Americans wouldn't pay, wouldn't pay anyone back. So it was instrumental. Uh, for the most part, his, his, uh, J.P. Morgan uh, spent most of his time growing up in, in London, and his dad was over there. And then J.P. Morgan came over to run when he was younger, the, the Wall Street end of the Morgan Empire, which still exists to this day. Now, I mean, speaking of this, and it's it's one of the things I've definitely noticed in in coaching and just spending time around a lot of what what is the difficulty in in people being able to to look back and remember their history because it seems seems to be getting worse and worse. I don't profess to be the best at it, but I definitely try. I mean, obviously, from you, I've gotten uh, a lot of books that I can read and, and look back on and. There's so many different things we can we can learn upon, and it, it, I feel like it's it, it falls to the wayside more and more. You know, with this pandemic and everything that's gone on, I read the uh, Spanish flu book by uh, John Barry, which was super interesting to kind of learn about that. To you know, it's it, this is not the first time we've uh, had to wear face masks when we're outside or in the store or anything like that. This has all happened in our history before, um, but it, it it seems like it's one of those things that that. Why, why are we not uh, reading our history? Well, I think, uh, I think probably a lot of reasons for that. I think most people just aren't interested in it. Again, it comes down to attitude. Right. Um, and then uh, I think that there's a lot of, uh, a lot more, there's, 
there's been a, a, you know, if you look at history, there has been a, you know, just continually more distractions in life. And there's only so much you can do in your lifetime. Uh, and there's only so much you can, you know, do in a day and do in, and so it really comes down to, you know, and, and again, one of the things that we haven't talked about, but again, it's all the, all the fundamentals. I mean, you have to prioritize, you have to um, prioritize your time yeah. and um, people priorities are to spend a lot of time on social media and do a lot of other things that seem yeah. to be entertaining for them, right. but aren't going to be, um, you know, probably very helpful. And um, yeah. So, and, and, and I don't think that's changed. I mean, from, you know, the eighties, it was TV and then, you know, yeah. really became video games and, and then social media is kind of taken over and you see, uh, you know, people with their phones and it's hard to read on your phone. You know, you can read the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, but, uh, yeah. uh, you know, not not well, but you can read it. And uh, uh, but it just doesn't seem to be, you know, uh, the um, I guess there's not enough interest in it. You know, so it's good. It's good for the the guys like yourself. And, and, and because when opportunity presents itself, whatever that is that you are, is going to bring uh, happiness to your life, you'll be prepared for it. So again, it comes to that kind of level of preparation mm -hmm. is if you can prepare for things and, and it, and you're not working that hard. Like again, when you're playing sports and you're getting all these fundamentals and you're reinforcing all these good, um, these good characteristics, um, when opportunity presents itself, then you'll be, um, you'll be ready to capitalize on it. And everyone else, you know, a lot of other people look back on it and just be victims of their own choices and their own decisions. And, right. um, yeah. So speaking back to prioritizing, what are some of those things like every day in your day to day getting up, what, what helps you stay focused on those priorities you need to tackle each and every day? Uh, you know, the number one thing that I do is wake up with a good attitude. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it doesn't stay that I don't keep it that long. <laughs> uh, but I start with it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and then for, from, you know, I, I, kind of, I, you know, I'm very much about, uh, um, staying disciplined to the, to my organization, to, um, you know, making sure that, um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm very routine based. So I get in, I get into a routine and I think routine's good. I think you got to be adaptable to it. Um, but, um, but you, but you got to make sure that you have some discipline to a routine. You know, and I think that's where really people got, you know, kind of screwed up in the, in the, in the Corona, in the, uh, you know, in the pandemic because of the yeah. fact that people's routines got totally disrupted. Mm -hmm. Um, some are going to, again, some people are going to look at that and they are going to be opportunists out of that. And some people are going to be never find their way again yeah. um, because they've been disrupted. So, um, but, but having a routine, whatever that is, is very important. And then being paranoid enough to think that it's not good enough uh, and open enough to be, um, you know, constantly trying to change it and make sure that you're super efficient with your time. Right. Um, you know, and you got to be adaptable. You know, we went from not having it. We went from having to being in, you want to talk about being in a routine, you know, yeah. eight years of us being in, um, you know, well, we, well, we are very hard for routine, right? Cause we went from having just, you know, 34 games with an MLS team to then adding a USL team to then adding a women's team. So the irony of this year 
you know, and this again is another representation of life. This was going to be the year that we didn't build anything. We didn't start anything. We just operated. Yeah. Um, and then boy, oh boy, you know, and then, then you get a, you get a big curve bowl. So, yeah. um, but I think those are the things, you know, if you have a good fundamental system and you're open to tweaking it to optimize it, mm-hmm. you're going to be successful. Again, it comes to that, uh, uh, the fundamentals, having the plan, yeah. making sure that you're tweaking it as opposed to constantly redoing it. Right. You know? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, one of those uh, things you, you kind of touch on and we t- talked about a little bit earlier is that, that paranoia and kind of being, being paranoid. And uh, I know in your office, you have that one, uh, there's another saying, there's another quote in there with the, uh, with the lion. What, what, sure. what is it? Yeah. Uh, so the, uh, the quote about the lion and the gazelle in Africa, right. you know, and every, every day uh, when the sun comes up, you know, there's a, a, a lion uh that knows that if it doesn't uh, kill a gazelle that it'll starve to death and every morning in africa um you know the sun comes up and a, a gazelle knows that if it doesn't evade um a lion uh that day that it will be that will it'll be over for for the for the lion and uh it you know it, and the uh, the moral of the story is it doesn't make a difference whether you're a, a a lion or a gazelle when the sun comes up you better be running yeah um and that was from uh, John Albers, who was the CEO of the Dr. Pepper Seven Up Company. That's where I, I saw that. And oh, okay. um, but yeah, I truly believe that. Right? Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you're the lion or the gazelle. When the sun comes up, you better be running. Yeah. And um, and that speaks to that that kind of staying paranoid, that kind of paranoia of of what's being ready to move forward. Sure. I mean, you know, you you, you think about it. It's quite. Um, um, it's. Um, what's the word? I would say that it's very um, intrinsic, right? I mean, this is a native kind of thing. You know, we were very similar to that, yeah. right? So when we were gather hunters, you know, we'd have to go out, and you've, you've done a lot of a lot more reading on that than I have. But um, and just you know, so we have these very um, you know, or, or we have again thousands of years of conditioning um, in our um, in our DNA that makes us that way. So I think quite frankly that, you know, it's kind of interesting that, you know, as we get into this, you know, culture that becomes less and less of, you know, a killer instinct for lack of a better term. Um, it, 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 you know, the, the further we get away from that being, you know, an important vital part of our, our life, the, the, you know, more people are sitting watching Netflix and eating lays. Now, how much would you say that that uh, being paranoid has has kind of helped um, your organization as it as it you know it's a smaller club, right? Not as big, so you don't have a, a, as many advantages as a lot of the other ones. So, being paranoid and being able to adapt and, and move quickly, how how much of a of an advantage has that been for you guys? Yeah, and again, paranoid. Par, you know, I mean, uh, Andy Grove wrote a book. Uh, he was the former CEO, chairman, and CEO of Intel, and his book was "Only the Paranoid Survive." Mm-hmm. So, there's a, a paranoid. I mean, I use that in quotes. You know, it's an attitude that, again, an attitude that says that you're not doing enough, because regardless of what what you know, and and regardless of. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, and this comes to the humility part of it. There's a lot of really smart people out there that are working really hard to get the same thing that, that you're trying to get, yeah. without question. 
Um, you know, we look at it in the MLS and we're up against, and, and NWSL, but, you know, particularly in the MLS, we're up against some very well-capitalized owners uh, who are all trying to win a championship. They're all real smart. They all made a lot of money and they've all got really good teams and some of them have different strategies how to get there. So if you want to look at it in a very simple lens like that, um, you know, and theoretically, and Deloitte talks about this, you know, we should win a championship uh, once every 26 years. If everyone got to win one every year, we would win one every, one every 20, it's got 26 clubs. Mm -hmm. We win one every, one every 26 years. Um, so that would be very theoretical if uh, in, in a very um, uh, utopian world where every year one right. club win. That's just not the way it works. And being a New York Jet fan for a long period of time, we know that that's not the way that it works. Not the way it works. Um, but again, I mean, that sense of competition and, um, and, and, and being, having humility, we, there's advantages that we have uh, in our club that, that other clubs don't have. Uh, and there's and we have massive disadvantages. So it doesn't make a difference whether, again, it comes down to the lion and the gazelle. It doesn't make a difference whether you're a lion and a gazelle. So for us, we know that there are things that we do well and we uh, need to optimize that. We need to figure out ways to be innovative in the, in the things that we don't do well. But it come, that comes down to our goal of wanting to win championships. We know we're not the deepest pockets. We know that we, there's different there's owners that can outspend us and clubs that can outspend us, and they do outspend us. And there's, uh, Atlanta's got 72,000 seats in their stadium. We have 20,000. So the one thing about it is, you know, life doesn't offer much parity. Yeah. That is the reality of it. It just doesn't. It just doesn't offer much parity. So you better have an attitude that says that you can, um, you know, um, really capitalize and leverage the things that you do well. Yeah. And while you're doing that, try and figure out how to improve on these other things that you don't do so well and that are not advantages to you until you can either fix that or turn that into an advantage. Yeah. Very few people get to have all the planets aligned. Yeah. You know, no. we'll see. Yeah. How we'll, yeah. And so very, very few times. So again, it comes to, to all those fundamentals that say very, very little parity in life. Yeah. Um, you better be trying to figure out a better mousetrap. Right. Jump, jump on your opportunity when it, when it comes. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, thanks a lot for, for taking the time out of your, yeah. uh, out of your busy weekend. I, uh, I appreciate it. Well, yeah. hopefully I have very much appreciated it and hopefully yeah. you and uh, your viewers and, and followers may find something that I've said, um, you know, at least to be something informative or insightful. I think there's a few um, takeaways. I'm going to keep good. working on my quotes. I'll get a few of those that I can, you know, be able to pull out of thin air. I really got to work on One that. thing that I'll say <laughs> is I'll leave you with this. In life, if as you listen and read and go to seminars and, you know, if there's three things you can pull out of something, it's a success. And if there's three things that you can't pull out of something, then you kind of wasted your time. That's been my theory on things. Just very simple. So whether you're reading a book or you're um, going to a seminar or you're, you know, if you can come up with, you know, if it was, it was a good use of your time, if you got three big takeaways. Mm -hmm. So if any of your listeners, viewers um, uh, had three takeaways out of this that might've been helpful or insightful or uh, then, uh, then I will, I will think that it was a success. 
Good. Well, I'll, I'll let you know what the, uh, I'll let you know what the feedback is what for sure. Is? Yeah, okay. definitely. Well, yeah, right. thanks. Uh, thanks for taking the time. Go Real, go, uh, go Royals. And uh, I know I'll, I'll definitely see you soon. Thanks. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Love you, dad. Love you. Cheers. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks a lot for listening in. I really appreciate it. Please make sure to take the time to like, share, and subscribe our show. And also you can follow along on Instagram. Thanks.